Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And please remember to give us a five-star review. We have a special episode with two special guests where we are going to talk all baseball. I will bring in everyone's favorite, JT Jimmy Thompson, a little later. So without further ado, let's welcome in our guests to talk some baseball. We have the head baseball coach of Miami High, Edwin Bonilla. Also joining us, his good friend, Major League Pitcher, who started his career with the Rockies, then continued with the Indians and Orioles, and now back with the Rockies organization. He was the starting pitcher for the National League in the 2010 All-Star Game, a two-time NL Pitcher of the Month, and the first and only Rockies pitcher to throw a no-hitter, Baldo Jimenez. Fellas, welcome to the show, and thank you for taking your time to join us today. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Thank you. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, everyone's doing well in quarantine. Like to welcome in, uh, bring our other co-host in, JT. Hey, how's everyone doing? Good, good. Good. Look, Donato, I'm pretty sure these nobody wants to hear from me today, especially when we have two amazing guests joining us today. So, guys, I know you I know you two are friends and you know each other, but I just want to know like how did how did you guys form this relationship? You know, was it through baseball? Like how did this whole thing get started between you two? Yeah, it was through baseball. Uh, it was through my dear friend uh Rudy Arias. He's my friend and personal catcher. I play catch with him every day. So he went to Miami High like around a uh, hundred years ago, I think. <laughs> well, so, but so he introduced me to uh, Edwin. <laughs> we gotta have Rudy on the show, man. Because <laughs> um, we we met through Rudy, and um, you know, I you know I I understand you know sometimes you know celebrities and you know big leaguers, you know we don't you don't want to press them too much or we stay on top of them too much, so. When the ball started coming out, you know, I was honored and, and, and happy to him be a mentor to my players. So he came out to the field a couple of times at the beginning. I, you know, I was kind of just shying away a little bit. I want to, you know, harass him too much. So, you know, eventually we, you know, opened up more. And actually doing this quarantine has been awesome. He's been coming out, working out, you know, him by himself out in the field. So I've had a chance to, you know, open up, talk to him, ask him questions about what he goes through in the daily life as a major league ball player. And some of the things that he tells me is very interesting. It's not too much different from being a high school coach. Hey, look, I know the tradition of Miami High runs deep. Um, are there some things you guys are doing, you know, together, you know, with the youth and all that stuff? I know you told me some things in the past, but I really like to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, well, I I'll, guess I'll, I'll speak on that. I would, you know, Bother's been awesome, man. He doesn't, I know he's the type of person that doesn't want too much recognition with all that stuff. But he has, in the past, you know, helped and donated to the team and to the program which I'm very honored and, play, and happy of, you know, it was a surprise when he told me what he was going to do for me. And I was very, you know, pleased and happy. He's an awesome guy, you know, him and Rudy, they're real quiet guys. They come and do their job professionals and 
and go about the business that, that way every day. Great, great. Um, Ball, though, so I, we really want to know, how does it feel to be back with the Rockies organization, kind of where everything started for you in your career? Well, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's amazing, you know, like, uh, the most uh, amazing moments in my career have been with the Rockies, so, including uh, when I was signed when I was 17 years old, making my major league debut, being in the World Series, and throwing no hitter. So having the opportunity to come back after such a long time, just amazing. And, that, and that's, that's really true. So you, are, you already brought up a good point. Kind of take us back. What was it like when you first came into the league at that time? Like, what was baseball like? What was it like for you? What was that whole experience like? Well, uh, I mean, from, for, for a young kid from the Dominican, when I, I signed when I was 17. So I came from a poor family and then from a developing country. So, I mean, my, uh, the only opportunity that we have in the Dominican is to play baseball, to be a politician, or to do something else. So, I mean, w- once I had the opportunity to to make to make it to the big league, it's, it just it was my dream. It just came true. So it was amazing. I was so happy that I couldn't. I I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so. You had mentioned the the no hitter, so I, I know you know the date, April 17, twenty ten. What JT and I, we've been wanting to ask you about this since we knew you were coming on the show. What walk us through that day? Do you remember going to the ballpark that day? Did did you feel different? Like, w- were there any signs? Was was there anything different about that day leading up to you know the first pitch? Well, yeah, I do remember everything. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I think that when I, I was going to the stadium, it was a really tough day for me because I was sick. I mean, uh, the day before I felt like I bug or something. I did, uh, so I didn't feel good. I was like, they, they was like I don't know how I'm going to pitch this day. But that's how it actually is. In baseball, most of the time when you feel the worst, that's when everything goes the best because you don't try to do too much. So that day I got to the stadium and when I was in the bullpen, I was like, oh, I'm so weak right now. <laughs> but uh, when, then when, this, uh, when the game started, uh, I couldn't throw a strike. From the windup, I couldn't throw any strike. But as soon as I got running on base, on first base, second base, I got everybody out. I was like, what am I doing? Why is it, why is it so different today? But uh, it was crazy. Then in the, in the fifth inning, I was like, I'm going to start from the stretch right away. I'm not going to do the wind-up because I, I couldn't get anybody out. Uh, I, didn't, I couldn't throw a strike. But then after that, I was able to get back on track and throw a strike. And I mean, I was unhittable. Nobody could, could, could hit me. Um, but uh, then in the seventh inning, when the... Uh, they hit a ball probably in the gap, and this the fall is just wrong. I was like, oh, that's it. That's the, the no hitter is gone. And then Dester did everything he, he could possibly do to get the, uh, the ball out. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to make this. This is it. I mean, when something like that happens, it's, that's 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 fate. That's how God won. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, so that was the moment where you kind of felt like, hey, the, this is possible now. The no hitter is possible when when Dexter made that catch. Yeah, I as soon as I saw that happen, I was like, "This is it. This is the sign. I'm it, gonna throw a no hitter." <laughs> how many? How many times? How many times have you thanked him for that? Like a million times. A million times. But I, you know, 
I I thank you right away. I was like, after the game, I told him, hey, Dex, what what do you want? What do you want me to get for you? I mean, he was a rookie. And I already had like two or three years in the major. And he told me, I want a carry-on, um, a Louboutin carry-on bat. I was like, Louboutin? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm going to get it for you. I, I remember I paid like, uh, I don't know, three, four thousand. It was the best investment that I ever done in my life. <laughs> well, it, in the no-hitter, when you started to feel like that was possible, were you, was that the most pressure you felt? in a game like could you feel uh, the pressure of the no hitter is it, is it true when they say no one's talking to you and uh, yeah it is true it is true but uh, what i did is like every time i got to the dog out i kept talking to the guys because i didn't want to think about it that's the thing like when you by yourself are you gonna have a lot of time to think oh i'm throwing a no hitter what about if i leave a pitch up and saying like that so i was like no, I'm going to keep talking to the guys. I mean, they didn't want to talk to me, but I kept, like, getting close to them so we can talk. But uh, but it's, it's, it is hard. It is hard. I mean, you have to go out there with a, with a faith in God that it's going to happen. If we, I mean, uh, sometimes you, you make a great pitch and they get a hit. They get a freaking break, a breaking, uh, broken bat and they're going to get a hit. Sometimes you leave a pitch up and they, you get an out. So I mean, the no hitter has to. I I mean I, I believe it has to come from God. If no, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, you you know another thing that we saw that was phenomenal that you had for a while you were chasing Earl Hershiser's consecutive scoreless innings and you got the thirty three scoreless innings at one point in your career. First, do you remember that stretch? And then yeah, two. Yeah. And then two. How did you stay in that zone in terms of keeping that out of your mind and just focusing on the next inning? Well, I think that after I was able to throw a no hitter, it just it changed my mentality. I was like, I think I'm on hitable right now. It doesn't matter who I'm facing. If I throw a strike and then I keep the ball down, I'm gonna I'm gonna do amazing stuff, and that's what I was able to do. I was confident. Every every time I took the mound, I was like, I'm gonna win tonight. I'm gonna throw a scoreless inning. That's how it is. I mean, that's that's the part of, of the game. I mean, not only in baseball, it has to be in life or, or any other sport. Like when you're comfortable and when you're confident, things are gonna go well. So I'm actually kind of really embarrassed to ask this next question because I know me and Don have not been keeping in shape during quarantine. <laughs> Uh, we have definitely let ourselves go. <laughs> but, you know, how has quarantine been for you guys? And what have you been doing to, you know, stay sharp for the season? Well, I was, I've been fortunate to, uh, you know, that I met uh, Edwin and Rudy. He was the one who got me over there. And they opened the door for me. I was able, I've been able to keep myself in shape. Uh, but it was hard. I mean, the first few weeks, I didn't know where to play cash. I mean, the, uh, we went to... Uh, parked all over the city just to just to see where we could work out but uh as soon as we saw police man or whatever i mean we had to go so it was hard it's like we were jumping around all over just to play cash and and, and, and stay in shape i'll jump in and down right there on guys because i seen the you know the videos online and i'm with rudy they were actually playing like pfps on sidewalks at yeah, parks. everywhere. We wow. were just getting in. Yeah, we were just trying to get in. I was like, I kind of, that's when I had made the phone call, hey, Rudy. 
Come over here, man. I got you. We'll figure this out. As long as you far apart, distance apart, and follow the protocols, and we know that's how. And another thing I want to add, too, um, from Rudy told me, Ubaldo was actually drafted as a shortstop at uh, Dominican Republic. So he's actually an athlete, a great athlete. And then y'all <laughs> put it out. We wanted to put that in there for you guys to know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we could tell Baldo's very uh, humble about things. I mean, a great athlete <laughs> like himself. So I'm glad, yeah. Edwin, that you're here to, you know, tell us tell us the whole the whole truth. I mean, we definitely would have to pick him up first if we were playing basketball. He's what six six. That's not, I, would, I would draft him before hey, I would yeah. draft you. So I, no, I love basketball. I used to play basketball every day, even probably more than baseball. See, wow. that, that's why I would take him uh, first. I, I might pick you up. <laughs> we might make you a six man. Hey, I'm just happy to be on the team. I'll ride the bench. <laughs> but no, that that's good that you've been, you know, staying sharp, staying focused, staying in shape. And obviously it's for, you know, the 2020 season. But, you know, there's a lot in the news about, you know, the season in jeopardy. Uh, you know, do you think that there will actually be baseball played this year? I think, I think there's a chance, yeah. There's a chance. I mean, it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be... Uh, they're gonna, uh, they're gonna have to do everything different than, than anything that we've seen before. I mean, it's gonna be hard, but uh, I think there's a chance. Players want to play the major league. Uh, they need us to play too because I mean, it's about they need to have, to get some revenue. You know, they need some money. So uh, hopefully we get to play because it's gonna help everyone now. Like the fans are gonna go crazy for baseball. I mean. It's not easy to be at your ha- in your house the whole time, just eating and staying out of shape <laughs> without any sport. Huh? I mean, I used to do that before quarantine, just eat, not, you know, not work out. So nothing's changed for me. But I mean, as a professional athlete like yourself, you know, I definitely I bet you're itching to get out there. And I'm sure the players yeah. are, too. And, you know, you, you hear about information today. The players won 70 games. The owners won 60. Like. What do you think has been the reason why the owners in the MLBPA like haven't been able to to work it out to get the guys back in the facilities and in, in, in the 2020 season to start in July? Well, I think everyone is pulling for their side. I mean, everyone wants to get the best out of it. I mean, uh, for me, it's just about finding common ground right now. I mean, uh, finding something that works for both sides. And then just started start right away. I mean, it's, it's been too long. I mean, it's been too long working on things over here. But it's, it's part of the business, especially this year when, when we go through a pandemic. I mean, I mean, you don't see that every day. So that, that's making it even harder. Yeah, it's, it's a business on, on both sides for the Definitely. players and, and the owners. And, you know, part of the uh, 2020 season proposal, I'm sure you guys know, there, there would be – a universal designated hitter, a, a universal DH for not only the 2020 season, but they're saying the 2021 season. So Edmund, Edwin, I want to go to you first because you're the manager, right? <laughs> <laughs> is this – now we're talking MLB. Is this good or bad for the game? And then as a manager in particular, in what ways would it change the game from that managerial perspective? Um, you know, high school – we honestly, high school. When you coach high school, you have the reentry rule. You have a rule. We normally also when you DH, we DH for position guys sometimes. A little different from major league baseball. So I think it kind of takes the game a lot away from manager where you strategize from doing a double switch, 
from doing stuff like that. You know, the, you know, I understand you have a bit one through nine true hitters, but I'm I'm a, I like the National League style. Let the pitcher hit. I see Obaldo swing it a couple of times. He could swing it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm for the the pitcher hitter, man. I'm not for the DH, but you know, it's definitely you know the long ball and the fans want to see home runs. The more hitters you put in there, I guess it's good for baseball when it comes to the audience. Gotcha. Yeah, and but I'm with you, Edwin. I I think the National League should keep the you know keep the pitchers hitting. Um, but Abaldo, as a as a pitcher now, in terms of the pitching aspect of it, um, do you think it'd be good for the game? But more importantly, how does that affect you as a pitcher when you're on the mound, and then even in the dugout when you know now you've got to go to bat, or you know, hey, I can just stay in the dugout now that there's a universal designated hitter. You know, I I I've, I've been able to play in both leagues. Um, for me, one of the one of my favorite things to do is when I don't hit. You know, you get to rest a lot. You only think about um, making your pitch and getting people out. I mean, you get to rest. I mean, uh, one one thing is like if we play in Coolsville, I don't know if you guys been there, but it's one of the hardest places to run, to pitch, to do anything because the air is so thin that you can breathe. If you uh, if you sprint to first base. I mean, you're going to need an oxygen to breathe. <laughs> so for the pitchers right now, that's going to be even better because they're only going to have to worry about getting people out and they're going to rest. Uh, but uh, like, uh, like you said, I think uh, uh, having a National League and American League, like when things are different, it's, all, it's, all, it's almost good. I mean, it's also good. I mean, having something different and not having like, Hitters every time. It's gonna be harder for the pitcher. <laughs> uh, JT, I know, I know. JT wants to chime in with a couple more questions. So we're gonna get now, Abaldo, Edwin, to the fun stuff, to the to the fun okay. questions. <laughs> All right, JT, now this is what fans really want to know about. We we love finding these little things that we can't get anywhere else. We can't read it in newspapers. So JT. Have at it, man. So we just want to know, out of all the places that you played, Denver, Baltimore, Cleveland, which city was your favorite? Denver, for sure. <laughs> he I didn't mean, even hesitate. Of, <laughs> he didn't hesitate. Denver is it is one of the most beautiful cities in the country with great people and the best paying baseball. I mean, those people are lawyers. It doesn't matter how things are going, they're gonna always gonna they're always gonna be in the stadium, uh, shooting for the players and supporting you. Good. So let's take it a little bit further. Do you have a particular city or ballpark maybe outside of those three places that to you is a favorite place to play in? Yeah. I mean, if I was a hitter, my favorite part would be Coors Field every time so I can hit some bombs. <laughs> <laughs> but to pitch, my, my favorite place is Pecto Park in San Diego. I mean, that play has the, the nicest weather. Every, it, the weather is always perfect, which makes every pitch move and the breaking balls break like crazy. So for me, I mean, that's that's the best place to pitch. It probably helps too that at Petco, if, I, if I'm correct, that's one of the bigger ballparks. So as a yeah. pitcher, as a pitcher, that I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I'm a pitcher, so I have to go with a bigger one. <laughs> it's funny you guys ask these questions. The same question I've asked him in the dugout in the past yeah. about these, you know, these questions you guys have. Yeah, as a as a fan, that's what we we yeah, love to find. What we love to find out. That's what a lot of people don't know is like I was telling uh, when he asked me that like I don't know a few months ago, 
Yeah. I told him about Coursefield. I mean, that's one of the toughest places to pitch because you don't get a feel. Uh, you don't get to feel your breaking balls. I mean, the, is that the ball is gonna feel like you have baby powder on it, so you don't get any. You don't get any good grip to make a break. Mm-hmm. But like when you pitch in San Diego, LA, San Francisco, I mean, that ball just moves like crazy. It's, it's <laughs> hard to control it because of that. So if yeah. he's pitching in San Diego, we have to take a trip out there because we're going to get a show. Yep. Maybe <laughs> another no-hitter. Maybe another no-hitter. He'll be there for more history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Obaldo, as, as we, have a lot of, um, we have a lot of young players, you know, that listen to the show. So what was the, what's been the best advice you received in your baseball career and, and by whom? Uh, my best advice uh, to always – Keep my head up. Always to keep my head up and always be ready for the next opportunity when it shows up. Uh, and it was uh, Rolando Fernandez. It was uh, the rookie scout who signed me out of the Dominican Republic. I mean, uh, I, I think he told me that, like, 2008, I was going through a really hard time, uh, the beginning of the season. And he told me, hey, it doesn't matter what happened. Just keep your head up and get ready for the next one. I mean that's that's the only that's the only way how, how can you achieve success. If you're not able to forget quick, especially in baseball, you're not gonna be able to uh, to be good the next day, to be good the next start. Uh, I mean I, I, that's that's the toughest part to do in baseball and any sport is that having a tough mind. You have to be tough-minded so you can forget quick and and just get back to the just to get back in track right away. Got got to have that short memory, huh? Just yeah, like a quarterback, just like a quarterback quick. in football. Yeah. Yep. It, if you keep thinking about what happened, you won't be able to 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 do whatever you need to do to to be successful. Yep, yep. And, and Edwin, you know, if you could part some wisdom on the young baseball players that listen to the show as a manager, what is the one piece of advice you know that you would give to either your players or the young listeners? I mean, Honestly, you haven't not because Obaldo's on the show, but just watching Obaldo, the work the guy has, you know what he went through last year. You know he didn't play last year, but seeing him come out, work his butt off, and continue doing that now and moving forward, like that's inspiring. Man, like you know, it inspires me. You know, as a coach, like and I pick his brains. Like and besides baseball, you know, as a player, well, I ask him about how was his manager at the major league level? What did they do different? Because I want to get better every day as a manager, as a high school coach. I want to learn what he learned from his managers. So to the kids, just go out there and continue working hard. You know, if you don't make JV, if you don't make varsity, prove the coach wrong, prove the coach right, you know, show yeah. difference of becoming a better person overall. Great, great advice there from two guys that, that know baseball. Um, and I hope our, our stats department here on the show has this right. So, uh, Obaldo, we want to, <laughs> we, we want to know what's your proudest, what moment, are you more proud of the no hitter in 2010 or striking out 10 of 13 batters for the, for the DR for the Dominican Republic in the 2009 world baseball championships, the WBC? Well, I think the no hitters, the no hitters is always going to be special. It was special and it's always going to be special, but having such a great game, the WBC while representing 10 million Dominicans, <laughs> That, that was my proudest moment ever. How did you do that, man? That's good. I, I, had to, I had to do good because uh, I don't want to go home and having 10 million people like, hey, 
so that was a lot of pressure for sure that's understandable yeah you want to yeah. be able to, to you want to be able to show face back back at home yeah. that's understandable especially dominican dominican people oh my god for that's baseball why lo- yeah for that's baseball. Why lo- yeah that's why a lot of people say like a winnable playing winnable in the dominican is that's one of the hardest things to do like even Probably harder than playing the, here in the, in, the, in the United States. Yeah, because of the pressure. I mean, the people, <laughs> they're going to be on you. Live in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been to a few uh, WC games here in Miami. We know awesome. the atmosphere for those games yeah, is definitely di- different than any major league. And it's, it's actually yeah. something that we were surprised and we were welcome. We were like, look. We love baseball, but the atmosphere is at another no, level, crazy, so we can yeah. understand. You're gonna have people dancing, yelling <laughs> with a horn, like it's great. Yeah, <laughs> and and especially the games in Miami, Edwin, JT. No offense, but you know it, the Marlins atmosphere is there's there's not an atmosphere there. So when you go to those WBC games, Puerto Rico against DR, I yeah, mean, that's off off insane. the chain, like never seen anything like it, especially yeah. as, especially as a Marlins fan. So, no, so, sorry, Edwin. <laughs> we'll be back soon. We'll be back soon, man. <laughs> you actually brought up a good point that I wanted to delve into. And, uh, Baldo, I actually, this was something that I was watching and I came across it and I could really see the joy on your face. And it makes sense that, you know, when, you, when I hear you talk about Denver, I see you have so much love for it. And I saw you doing an interview and they were asking you how you felt being back in Denver. And one of the things that you said that stood out to me was, that the younger players really looked up to you. They knew who you were and they, they like came to you for advice and they really made you feel like, Hey, like this is essentially, you know, Rocky's royalty. And I thought that was really cool, but I wanted to flip the script for this next question. When you were growing up and first coming into baseball, like who was that player that you looked up to? Pedro Martinez. I mean, he was the guy. I mean, uh, every time he, he, he was pitching, that was, uh, Every Dominican was in front of the TV. I mean, you're gonna, you will leave your job, you will leave anything you were doing just to watch him pitch. I mean, he had so much love for the game and he was brave. When he took the mound, I mean, you know he was gonna win. Like, he would hit guys, he would strike everybody out. Like, I mean, that, that, he had, he had a lot of passion for the game. And that's, if you're, if you were pitching the Dominican, he was the guy, he was your guy. Yeah, we were doing the same thing. So uh, we, we're guilty as charged. So whenever he took them out, we would watch it too. Um, I don't know. Maybe that would be the answer for this question. So if you could choose any player, any era to either meet, you know, play on the same team with or play against, who would be at the top of your list? Or do you have like a top three? You know, I was able to play against Pedro already so and i got a few hits of him <laughs> but, <laughs> so that guy would be juan marichal i mean i would love to play with that guy and see the way he, he his leg kick yeah i mean he, i mean he was amazing he was a dominican dandy so uh, i would love to play with him awesome also, um, Ed, I wanted to extend that question to you, too. So, you know, is there anybody that maybe, like, you know, you would love to have the opportunity to coach or, you know, play alongside? I mean, I mean, not to be biased or, you know, just because of my name, but Bobby Bonilla would be a guy that I would like to, you know, and when his contract he has right now is crazy. He's still getting paid. I haven't played no more, but 
So the manager, he decided to lock all the players inside the team bus with the AC off. I mean, that was wow. crazy. Until Ooh. someone decided to say something about the money or the discs. <laughs> so we ended up spending like 40 minutes, like sweating like crazy inside the bus, yelling and arguing with each other. And the money, and the money was never found. And it was crazy. I mean, I know that that was my first year in the United States. So if that would happen to me right now, I'd probably sue that manager. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that was crazy. That was a... You guys are grown men and that happened. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> You probably, you probably like, I'm out of here. Like, it's yeah, like, I'm out. Out. sweating. <laughs> that was crazy. Like, what because is this place, Wyoming? <laughs> that was crazy. That, that's a good. That's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> um, you know, ESPN recently had a 30 for 30 just just last week on the 1998 home run chase. So we want to know from both of you guys, being baseball guys. Who do you think is the better home run hitter between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa? Which one was better? Because I'm not going to lie. In 1998, you know, I was a young kid, teenager. I was rooting for Sosa. That's that's my guy, too. That's Sammy. He's my guy. You better go with that. All right. I was just making sure. I was just making sure. I'm going with Mark McGuire. You know, Sammy was awesome. Mark McGuire, you know, he that home run he hit, at pro play at the time was almost at the park. 575, what it was. It was that guy was a monster. That was he <laughs> <laughs> was so big. <laughs> I asked I asked about these questions. I actually about I asked about Barry. You told me Barry was the last home run was off you, right? Was it? Yeah, it was off me. Yeah. Barry Bond. <laughs> wow, that's a trivia question. Yes. We're gonna have to keep it for yeah. our show yeah. one day. Yeah, no everyone no everyone knows about that, but it was it was off me. But I got him out the next time. Hey. Bases loaded, three all count. I threw a 99 miles per hour pass one. He swung. I was like, oh, so lucky. <laughs> so that's the one we'll remember. We'll remember that one. We'll yeah. forget about the homer. Yeah, yeah. Forget about the homer. <laughs> hey, the funny thing is, like, I went to – that was 2007, I think it was. So the next year we went to the uh, – we went to San Francisco. We were playing there. And one of the fans, he was like, Hey, Ubaldo, can you sign me this ball? I was like, yeah. Can you put this? is the last homer of Barry Bones, last homer. Number 700. I was like, are you kidding me, right? 
You want me to do that? <laughs> yes, please. So I, I sign and I put last Barry Bone last home. What a nice guy. <laughs> I like to say such a good story. Paul's <laughs> a nice guy, man. He's an awesome guy. I would have, I would have pocketed that ball and taken it to the Hall of Fame, sold it to the Hall of Fame. And yeah, people diving in the water to catch some of his home run balls. Oh, yeah. So yeah, definitely. So I was, I was pulling that he, he would come back and hit another homer. So I wasn't the last guy, but uh, never happened. <laughs> Oh man, there was the man. So I guess yeah. I don't I don't know. I'd be really interested to know this. So I mean Bonds is probably one of the best hitters of all time. Who in your entire career would you say was the toughest hitter that you faced? That batter that you felt like even when you had your best stuff, you knew that they were that they were gonna give you trouble. Yeah, that was uh Pablo Sandoval. Oh wow. The okay. panda. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean I I got him out a few times, but that guy like I could throw the ball in the ground. I would dive and get a homer or hit a blooper or whatever. I mean, I could. I, it was hard for me to get him out. What do you think made him, you know, such a such a difficult matchup for you? Was it the fact that he would do those things or was it something else? Because of that, because, I mean, he didn't have his own. Like, if you throw the ball high, he would jump and hit it. If you throw the ball in the ground, he's, he has such a good reach. That he would go, he hit Homer out of the, out of the floor. I was, I'm out of the ground. I was like, I mean, how am I gonna pitch to this guy? Maybe throwing it right down the middle, and maybe he missed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so kind of, you know, let's go the opposite way. And he, he Donato might not admit this, but this, this is what I really want to know. Who was that one player that you knew? no matter when or where you faced them, that you own them. Jose Bautista. <laughs> oh, yeah. Joey Bass. I got his number. I got some good numbers. <laughs> was, was that a lot of it when he was with the Pirates? I, no, he know. was no with the uh, Blue Jays. Okay, with the Blue Jays. Okay. Blue Jays, Jays, Joey Bass. I'm, I'm a Pirates, I, yeah. you know, Pirates, Pirates. guy. I faced him when, when, when he was with the Pirates, too. Yeah, uh, but you know he got he got to be the the best hitter when he was in, with the Blue Jays. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, so Baldo, we're gonna we're gonna throw you some fastballs here. All right, so this is the heat okay. to to end the show. All right, so most underrated player in your opinion that you know didn't get the fanfare but that was a solid player during your time in in the league since you've started Placido Polanco oh, I mean that guy he like 300 hit. he only struck out like 40 40 times every year I maybe two or that. three gold gloves I mean that guy was amazing he, he has such a good contact he put the ball in play every time yes yeah. What was that, Edwin? You, you... Uh, I believe he won the Miami Dade, and he also was a great fantasy baseball player. One, that guy of a fantasy baseball. <laughs> you, Edwin, you've been hanging out with JT too long. If you bring it up fantasy, oh man, you gotta know your stuff, man. <laughs> um, Abaldo. So, if we can get some predictions from you, if if you don't want to, we understand. But yeah. if we could just go down the line. Who you think this year? There's if there's a season in the NL, we're talking MVP, Cy Young, home run, home run winner. MVP, 
and home run uh, winner uh, Nolan Arenado. I mean, we, he's gonna play in Coolsville short season. I mean, he's gonna have the advantage of that. I mean, he's such a great guy. I mean, good hitter. He has a lot of power. He hit like forty something homers last year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna root for him. <laughs> Absolutely understood. Understood. I, I love that he plays third base. Cy Young. Cy Young. I had to go with uh with a Rockies guy to Marcus, German Marcus or uh Graves. Great. Yeah, yeah, one of those guys that had unbelievable stuff. They throw 97, 98 with good breaking balls. And especially like I said, especially playing in the short season. I mean that's that's one of the trouble in Colorado. I mean if you if you pitch good for the first two months, but then you're gonna have four more months and your body's gonna be even tired, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be harder to get people out. So Having the advantage to play only two or three months, that's going to be great for them. Right. And, I mean, we're going to be keeping an eye out on them, but we're also going to be keeping an eye out on you. So we want to know what can the game of baseball expect from Abaldo Jimenez in, the, in 2020? A competitor. Competitor. I'm going to compete. I'm going to show that it doesn't matter. Numbers, I mean, years are only, years are only numbers. So I'm going to try to do everything to compete. And if they give me the chance to help the team out and, and win. I mean, I want to I wanna, I, I wanna win a World Series before I retire, for sure. <laughs> love it. Love it. And we can tell you're in great physical condition, ready, ready to go. Um, so, fellas, we appreciate JT. Anything else? Because I know, you know, they've been so generous with their time. We don't want to take up too much more of their time. No, that was awesome. Thank you guys for coming on. And I would say my Cy Young prediction would be him. Just the, just the competitor he <laughs> thank is. So you, thank that's you. my pick for Cy Young. So, But no, guys, thank you for coming on and spending time with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you guys again. We thank Abaldo Jimenez and Edwin Bonilla taking their time to come on JT and the Don. Thank you, fellas. And Abaldo, good luck this season. We're going to be rooting thank for you. you. JT, great episode, and thank you again to Abaldo Jimenez and Edwin Bonilla for coming on the show. Also, we'd like to say happy Father's Day to our fathers and all the other fathers out there. Yes, indeed, indeed, from both JT and I. And also to the fans out there, thank you again for listening, and remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, give us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, give us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media. Our handle at JT in the Dawn. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.